and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Uh, it's David Cox. Oh, sounded frustrating. And I'm Josh Matheson. Was that in line with the kind of Edinburgh Fringe stuff that we were talking about before? Is this your immersive theatre experience with David Cox? Yeah, I want to immerse the, <laughs> the audience. listener in your frustration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll Maybe it was it. I'll pan it from side to side during. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt, are you uh, growing? A, are you growing out a little moustache there? Oh yeah, I'm going to New York on Saturday, and, and I've decided that I'm going to go full hipster, and that's and what they do. Moustache, wow. yeah. Glue a flat white to a hand. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And some hipster glasses. Be part and man, part flat white. Exactly that. Can you carry a sort of a, a first edition hardback of a, a, a piece of classic literature as well? Yeah. Well, or Treasure Island. I'll just take Treasure, Treasure Island. Island. Just take Treasure Island with and you. And a Daunt Books tote bag. <laughs> yes. That's the absolute one. Yeah. That is the doyen. The There's always a girl on the train. Yeah. You can live in my <laughs> best life. I'm frozen, by the way. Those who are watching. <laughs> no, I know. It's fine. We can still hear you, though. That's the main thing. Yeah. Well... If I remember correctly, because we missed a week, apologies to all our listeners, but um, I was on a cruise ship and then... The girls are busy. Yeah, Josh is also (laughs) directing plays at the moment, so he's not free during the day. So it just kind of all snuck up on us, I'm afraid. So, But we will will endeavour to keep going. (laughs) As As long as we can, we will. Exactly. I've managed to put... I don't know how long the Hispaniola... Takes to its destination. It always seems like months and months these journeys, but I feel like our actual podcast is taking longer than the actual length. Yes, of I think it is. You're, you're not yeah. wrong there. Yeah, the Americas were six months on the Mayflower, I think. So if we're thinking that this is Caribbean, right, too then long, there and it? back. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine just being like, maybe if you if you go past an island, let's say Bermuda, just for fun. And you're like, sure. you're traveling that slow. So it's like six months to go, well, like 4,000 miles. Mm. And you literally start the day and like, oh, the island's there. And then you get to the end of the day, it's like, it's like a canal boat. You yeah, go, you can still see it. At walking pace. In an entire day of canal boating, you probably travel, you know, 20 odd miles or something. Mm-hmm. You could probably see where you've just been. Yeah, that was the classic thing. My uncle bought a boat. And um, it took us all out on it. And my cousin only went one way on the journey because they're like, "Are you going to come in the boat on the way back?" It was like, "Why? It's longer and more boring than walking." <laughs> you just walk back home instead. Fair play. I mean... And I was like, "That's a very apt description of what it is exactly like being on a boat. It is longer and more boring than walking." The only exception go. is if it's like the Norfolk Broads, where there's like pubs along yeah. the oh, way, yeah, and you can moor your nice. boat up. If you're drinking pub. as you're going, then it's fine. Yeah, because there's not there's not the same rules. No, exactly. I, I don't think you can be absolutely battered, but I don't think there's sort of drink driving. No, you no, can no, definitely have a drink boat yeah. on a river. Yeah. So I think it's probably. Well, yeah, they're limited to like five miles an hour, so I don't think anyone's words comes. Yeah, and you're on the broads, you're most likely to just end up in the reeds. That's you know, yeah. as far as you're exactly. Going. Yeah, I don't think you'd even get whiplash if you had a head-on collision at five miles an hour. No, you're sort no. Of go, to be fair, like most people getting into trouble on the broads is going to just be nothing to do with the boat. It'd just be the fact that there's a drunk person near water. Not, not the boat won't necessarily be yeah. involved in. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> As usual. Um, so this week we are As looking normal. at chapter yeah. twenty-nine 
of That's Treasure right. Island, which is the chapter that David annoyingly got spot on. The black yes, spot did. again. The got the oh, black, yeah. Exactly yeah. right. The black spot again. Yeah. For those of you who remember from two weeks ago, basically what's happened is, is that the Buccaneers have taken over the stockade and have now decided to look at turning on John Silver and they've gone off to have a little council about what they're going to do with John being in charge because they're not really very happy with the direction that he's been taking them in. And while they've been off doing that council, John's basically gone to Jim, look, I've got the map, you know where the ship is, we can still make this happen, we can still get the treasure and we can still get off the island. So he's kind of making a bit of a plea to Jim to be like, there's a third option here. We don't have to be with the pirates or with the doctor and the captain. We can create our own third team mm-hmm. and and scam everybody out of the treasure. So I think that's kind of what's going on. Up Pretty to much now. up to speed. Yeah. We've got a little photo for the start. So I think this is the bargaining table. You can see the two camps. You've got the Buccaneers on one side and John Silver and... I don't think we did. They call the parrot anything. What's the parrot called and again? Jim's now in his mid forties. Yeah, he does <laughs> look really old, doesn't he? Very angry. Isn't the uh, isn't the parrot called? Yeah, uh, Mrs. Captain, Garrett or something. Captain <laughs> Flint or something. Isn't it Captain Flint? Oh yeah, it might be Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett. You know, you, you, know, you always, um, you always, Matt, you always call these <laughs> illustrations photos. Oh, when yeah. you put them up, yeah. But uh, I'm actually thinking if we, if we look at that, it's like one, the opposite of a photo. It's so stylized. Yeah, it is. It's but actually, if you JPEG. look at that one, it almost looks it almost looks like some some photographers come in and oh. put a white drop cloth. It's and, true. Uh, it does. They're like... about to do a little shoot yeah. for the, for the play version. Yeah, they you know, fun props like a little feather boa mm. and a silly for the hat. press release. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. He absolutely. literally drew all of the people and went, "Oh, do you know what? That's enough detail. I can't be bothered." White to background. background. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just do some texture lines. That's yeah, it. Yeah, a couple of them. No one worries about the barrels and the window in the background. No. There you go. Right. Let's jump in then and have a little look and see what the pirates end up deciding. Chapter 29. The Black Spot again. The Council of Buccaneers had lasted some time when one of them re-entered the house and with a repetition of the same salute, which had in my eyes an ironical air, begged for a moment's loan of the torch. Silver briefly agreed and this emissary retired again, leaving us together in the dark. There's a breeze coming, Jim, said Silver, who had by this time adopted quite a friendly and familiar tone. I turned to the loophole nearest me and looked out. The embers of the great fire had so far burned themselves out and now glowed so low and duskily that I understood why these conspirators desired a torch. About halfway down the slope to the stockade they were collected in a group. One held the light, another was on his knees in their midst, and I saw the blade of an open knife shine in his hand with varying colours in the moon and torchlight, The rest were all somewhat stooping, as though watching the manoeuvres of this last. I could just make out that he had a book as well as a knife in his hand, and was still wondering how anything so incongruous had come in their possession when the kneeling figure rose once more to his feet and the whole party began to move together toward the house. I've got another photo. 
Another Whoa. photo. Of, it looks like one. Well, that's quite. That's quite good because he's there's clearly like I a think fire. Yeah, and he's, he's got, got he's the lighting of, well in that one, hasn't he? Yeah, the yeah. gloam. You call it the gloam when it's the, the gloam. gloam. <laughs> mm, it's, a, it's a lovely word. I'd say that. It's a very good word. Yeah. Uh, hang around uh, fire. Knife. I'm kind of enjoying the fact that. Um, They've walked in and gone, oh, could we just borrow the torch a second? I'm guessing no one carries charcoal or a pencil or anything like just on them because these are probably illiterate men. So it's like kind of obvious what they're doing, really, isn't it? Because if you needed to make a black spot on a piece of paper, the first (laughs) thing you're going to do is get like some soot. Well, yeah, you're going to get a torch and you're going to get like a piece of wood and burn it a little bit and scratch it out on a piece of paper. It's like a blue peter we could get people to see if they can make their own make black your own spot. black spots <laughs> here's yeah. one i made earlier that'd be really funny if I just send it to someone in the post just like, <laughs> it's like no context black spot good yeah if they don't get the reference they're just gonna go uh-huh and if they what? do they're like what <laughs> they're like the pirates are coming in the morning <laughs> the black <Yeah>. spot <laughs> uh, uh yeah so i just thought as soon as they've asked for that they're kind of giving away what they're going to decide really aren't they well, in my book, anyway. But then, hey, I saw the chapter title, so maybe yeah, well, the chapter's called. Yeah, maybe Jim I'm acting on that. True. Yeah. No, Jim does. He wrote it. Oh yeah. Jim <laughs> Quite right. I mean, in hindsight, he knows what it is. Yeah. It is. It does. It does feel more strange now that we only went to someone else's voice for like a couple of chapters. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's not been. It's it's not been kept as a feature. No. No. It's it's almost like. Robert Louis Stevenson forgot that he used it as a dramatic device to try and he, he was on yeah. really good there which always annoys me you know if you're going to use something use it properly and use it throughout yeah well because it's almost like Bram Stoker's Dracula is it's, it's so it says at the start like this is a compilation of excerpts yeah. from people's yeah, yeah. diaries medical notes blah, blah 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 to tell the story so you you're kind of told right from the off that the book's almost like a catalog of accounts Whereas yeah. with this, you're like... You have to piece it, it together. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, exactly. But but with this, it's like, it reads like it's Jim writing his version of, you know, Memoir. The Journey There and Back Again by Frodo Baggins. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, him writing like, that. Yeah, like, a like Baggins. So yeah. how did the Doctor's chapters end up in there? And also, we, if he had access to the Doctor's information, why didn't he then just write those chapters with that in his, information? In but his from person, his yeah. You know, Exactly. It's yeah, not like weird. it's almost like he 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 wrote the chapters up to that point and then gave it to Samwise Gamgee and went, "Can you just fill up to this point? Yeah. I don't know what happened, and then give it back to me, and I'll and do the give rest." It back to me. Like it's just weird. <laughs> yeah, very strange. I want to hear it from the parrot's perspective. <laughs> oh yeah, pieces of eight. Don't get of eight. Like pieces that, of eight, which seems pieces unlikely at this point. Should we just write fan fiction? We'll write a little fan there. Fiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I just love the idea of the parrot playing the long con the entire time and that like they're actually the evil <laughs> mastermind behind the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I would write it anyway. Yeah. Here they come, said I, and I returned to my former position, for it seemed beneath my dignity that they should find me watching them. Let them come, lad, let them come, said Silver cheerfully. I've still a shot in my locker. The door opened, and the five men, standing huddled together just inside, pushed one of their number forward. In any other circumstances, it would have been comical to see this slow advance, hesitating as he set down each foot, 
but holding his closed right hand in front of him. Step up, lad, cried Silver. I won't eat you. Hand it over, lubber. I know the rules, I do. I won't hurt a deputation. Thus encouraged, the buccaneer stepped forth more briskly, and having passed something to Silver, from hand to hand, slipped yet more smartly back again to his companions. The sea-cook looked at what had been given him. The black spot? I thought so, he observed. Where might you have got the paper? Why, hello! Look here now, ain't this lucky? You've gone and cut this out of a Bible. What fools cut a Bible? Ah, there, said Morgan. There, what did I say? No good'll come to that, I said. Well, you've about fixed it now among you, continued Silver. You'll all swing now, I reckon. What soft-headed lubber had a Bible? It was Dick, said one. <laughs> Dick, was it? Then Dick can get to prayers, said Silver. <laughs> He's seen his slice of luck, has Dick, and you may lay to that. But here the long man with the yellow eyes struck in. Play that talk, John Silver, he said. This crew has tipped you the black spot in full council, as in duty bound. Just you turn it over, as in duty bound, and see what's wrought there. Then you can talk. Thank ye, George, replied the sea-cook. You always was brisk for business and has the rules by heart, George, as I'm pleased to see. Well, what is it, anyway? Ah, deposed. That's it, is it? Very pretty rote, to be sure, like print, I swear. Your hand a right, George? Why, you was getting quite a leading man in this here crew. You'll be captain next, I shouldn't wonder. Just oblige me with that torch again, will you? This pipe don't draw. <laughs> Come now, said George. You don't fool this crew no more. You're a funny man by your account, but you're over now, and you'll maybe step down off that barrel and help vote. I thought you said you knowed the rules, returned Silver contemptuously. Leastways, if you don't, I do. And I wait here, and I'm still your captain, mind, till you're outs with your grievances, and I reply. In the meantime, your black spot ain't worth a biscuit. After that, we'll see. Oh, replied George, you don't be under no kind of apprehension. We're all square we are. First, you've made a hash of this cruise. You'll be a bold man to say no to that. Second, you let the enemy out of this here trap for nothing. Why did they want out? I don't know, but it's pretty plain they wanted it. Third, you wouldn't let us go at them upon the march. Oh, we see through you, John Silver. You want to play booty, that's what's wrong with you. <laughs> and then fourth, <laughs> there's this here boy. Is that all? asked Silver quietly. Enough too retorted George. We'll all swing and sundry for your bungling. Well now, look here. I'll answer these four points, one after another, I'll answer them. 
I made a hash of this cruise, did I? Well, now you all know what I wanted, and you all know that if that had been done, that we'd have been aboard this Hispaniola this night at Every man of us alive and fit and full of good plum duff, and the treasure in the hold of her by thunder. Well, who crossed me? Who forced my hand, as was the lawful captain? Who tipped me the black spot the day we landed and began this dance? Ah, oh, it's a fine dance, I'm with you there, and looks mighty like a hornpipe in the rope's end at execution dock by London town it does. But who done it? Why, it was Anderson, and Hans, and you, George Merry. And you're the last above board of that same meddling crew, and you have the Davy Jones's insolence to up and stand for captain over me, you that sank the lot of us by the powers. But this tops the stiffest yarn to nothing. You have to give him his due, he's clever. Who, Silver? Yeah, well, he's basically blaming George on everything going wrong, saying mm. you were in cahoots with Anderson and Hans, knowing full well that Anderson and Hans are dead. The fact that he's basically blamed it on George, who is the person who most likely to replace him, and then two dead guys who can't defend themselves, is quite yeah, clever. Sure. Yeah, very clever. They're all thick and persuadable as well. So this is not his first rodeo. Convincing argument. Well, what's also quite nice, though, is no. that he could have very easily here just thrown Jim under the bus as well. He could have been sure. like, if you want to know why this all scuffed up, it's him. He told the captain and everyone because he heard you guys over talking. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah talking about it if you guys hadn't been talking about it by the apple barrel then he wouldn't have been able to tell him so it's like at least it shows that he's got a little bit of honor because he's he is actually hiding the fact that jim is actually the problem from these pirates so it's kind of interesting you're kind of going oh okay he's a bit of a nasty piece of work but he he's got something at the same time to to what to what point is this loyalty and to what point is this that he just knows he needs Jim because Jim knows where the boat is <laughs> oh <laughs> so yeah I, know, like... I think for me most of it is about him just playing all the cards he can to make sure he gets what he wants yeah um, he can play that off as loyalty if it works in his favour but yes it's true it's very true Silver paused and I could see by the faces of George and his late comrades that these words had not been said in vain that's for number one cried the accused wiping the sweat from his brow, for he had been talking with a vehemence that shook the house. Why, I give you my word, I'm sick to speak to you. You've neither sense nor memory, and I leave it to fancy where your mother's was that let you come to see. See, gentlemen of fortune, I reckon tailors is your trade. <laughs> Go on, John, said Morgan. Speak up to the others. Ah, the others? returned John. They're a nice lot, ain't they? You say this cruise is bungled. Ah, by gum, if you could understand how bad it's bungled, you would see. We're that near the gibbet that my neck's stiff with thinking on it. You've seen em, maybe, hanged in chains, birds about em, seamen's pointing em out as they go down with the tide. Who's that, says one. That, why, that's John Silver. I know him well, says another. And you can hear the chains a-jangle as you go about and reach for the other boy. Now, 
That's about where we are, every mother's son of us, thanks to him and Hans and Anderson and other ruination fools of you. And if you want to know about number four, and that boy, why shiver me timbers, isn't he a hostage? Are we going to waste a hostage? No, not us. He might be our last chance, and I shouldn't wonder. Kill that boy, not me, mate. And number three? Ah, oh, well, there's a deal to say to number three. Maybe you don't count it nothing to have a real college doctor to see every day. You, John, with your head broke, or you, George Merry, that had the ague cheeks upon you, not six hours are gone, and has your eyes the colour of lemon peel to this same moment on the clock. And maybe... Perhaps you didn't know there was a consort coming either. But there is, and not so long till then. And we'll see who'll be glad to have a hostage when it comes to that. And as for number two, and why I make a bargain, well, you came crawling on your knees to me to make it. On your knees you came, you was that downhearted. And you'd have starved too if I hadn't. But that's a trifle. You look there. That's why. And he cast down upon the floor a paper that I instantly recognised. None other than the chart on yellow paper with the three red crosses that I had found in the oilcloth at the bottom of the captain's chest. Why the doctor had given it to him was more than I could fancy. If it was inexplicable to me, the appearance of the chart was incredible to the surviving mutineers. They leapt upon it like cats upon a mouse. It went from hand to hand, one tearing it from another, and by the oaths and the cries and the childish laughter with which they accompanied their examination, you would have thought not only they were fingering the very gold, but were at sea with it, besides, in safety. That's flincher enough, J.F. and a score below, with a clove hitch to it, so he'd done never. Mighty pretty, said George. But how are we to get away with it? And us, no ship. Silver suddenly sprang up and supporting himself with a hand against the wall. Now I give you warning, George, he cried. One more word of your sauce and I'll call you down and fight you. How? Why, how do I know? You had ought to tell me that. You and the rest that lost me my schooner with your interference burn you. But not you. You can't. You hain't got the invention of a cockroach. But civil you can speak and shout, George Merry, you may later that. <laughs> That's fair enough, said the old man Morgan. Fair, I reckon so, said the sea cook. You lost the ship. I found the treasure. Who's the better man at that? And now I resign by thunder. Elect whom you please to be your captain now. I am done with it. Silver, they cried. Barbecue forever. Barbecue for captain. <laughs> it just makes them sound like they want the barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Barbie. I fancy a burger. Yeah. Which you want? Barbecue. He's done very well again to like always show his cards when they will be the most effective. Yeah. In terms of the chart and stuff, like not even telling the other buccaneers who took the stockade with him that they had given him the chart. Mm. 
is kind of quite interesting, but he obviously felt no need to, to let them in on that until he knew it was going to benefit him in some way. Yeah, I mean, he's a one-man band. He'll only use people mm. if he absolutely has to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the tune, is it? Cried the cook. George, I reckon you'll have to wait another turn, friend. And lucky for you, as I'm not a revengeful man. But that was never my way. And now, shipmates, this black spot. Tain't much good now, is it? Dick's crossed his luck and spoiled his Bible, and that's about all. It'll do to kiss the book on still, won't it? Growled Dick, who was evidently uneasy at the curse he had brought upon himself. A Bible with a bit cut out, returned Silver derisively. Not it. It don't bind no more in a ballad book. Don't it, though, cried Dick with a sort of joy. Well, uh, I reckon that's worth having, too. Here, Jim, here's a curiosity for you, said Silver, and he tossed me the paper. It was around about the size of a crown piece. One side was blank, for it had been the last leaf. The other contained a verse or two of revelation, these words among the rest, which struck sharply home upon my mind. Without are dogs and murderers. The printed side had been blackened with wood ash, which already began to come off and soil my fingers. On the blank side had been written with the same material the one word, deposed. I have that curiosity beside me at this moment, but not a trace of writing now remains beyond a single scratch, such as a man might make with his thumbnail. That was the end of the night's business. Soon after, with a drink all round, we lay down to sleep, and outside of Silver's vengeance was to put George Merry up for Sentinel and threaten him with death if he should prove unfaithful. It was long ere I could close an eye, and heaven knows I had matter enough for thought in the man whom I had slain that afternoon, in my own most perilous position, and above all, in the remarkable game that I saw Silver now engaged upon, keeping the mutineers together with one hand, and grasping with the other after every means, possible and impossible, to make his peace and save his miserable life. He himself slept peacefully and snored aloud, yet my heart was sore for him, wicked as he was, to think on the dark perils that environed and the shameful gibbet that awaited him. End of chapter. He is very, very good. He's very good at manipulating people. I can kind yeah. of see why a lot of people are like, beware him. Because even though he has shown himself to be very physically violent, it's definitely his conniving, quick brain in terms of bending people to his will. If he did have to fight, he'd probably be a fiercer opponent, but he doesn't mm -hmm. actually ever have to because he's so such yeah. a wordsmith. Mm -hmm. It never gets to the stage of That's it. the fight breaking out. He can almost... Mm. Manipulate any he clearly manipulated some well, that's the one thing we don't really know about the doctor. What what did he say? Um, I guess we do find out in a bit like what the deal was or why they decided to, to let him have the map. I don't know, but we imagine he didn't he didn't use like threaten them with the sword or anything, he probably just blagged it. <laughs> yeah, he's a blagger, you know. So, I don't know because obviously, what the main things he was trying to get out of them before they left was 
for the doctor to save some of the guys who'd been injured as well. So maybe he did that as like a thing of I won't kill you if da 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 and then it was a I'll let you go if you give me the chart, maybe. Maybe those are the two different deals that they struck. And there's nothing to, to say that, that they hadn't, you know, that the doctor or Smollett hadn't made a copy of the map and then said, well, yeah. yeah, all right, you can have it and we'll get there first. Okay, bye. Well, they had made a copy. They just didn't remember. They said they left certain things off of it so that uh, you okay. couldn't use it unless you knew what sure. pieces are missing. So their chances are, yeah, they, they've had a few map people make copies with some of the details omitted. So I'm sure there is probably a, another one. Oh, yeah. That they can use. So, yeah, there probably is a slight race against time. And he's probably given him the original because he thinks, there you go, you got the original, congratulations. And it's like, yeah, but this photocopy is going to work just as well. <laughs> yeah. Not that they have a Xerox in this time, but, you know. <laughs> he's got the intern just going like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that really jumped out to me during this chapter is how literate everyone seems to be. I don't know why, but I just assumed in this time that a lot of people wouldn't be able to read and write. And... Like particularly like Jim, Be more slangy. Mm. Yeah, well, like Jim as like a boy who just worked in his parents' inn. Like I didn't expect him to be able to like read. Oh yeah, this is from Revelation, and this is write a novel. Part of, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. He does. He writes novels. So I suppose I should have guessed that he is literate, of course. Yeah, but that but, but that's years later. So you know, you know, yeah. But you're right. I would have thought a little boy from a little inn in Bristol. Probably who's been working non-stop in that inn. It didn't say yeah. like in the intro that he was going to school. No, it didn't, no. It would have been homeschooling, surely, yeah. Yeah. It's been self-taught or a tutor, perhaps. <laughs> I love that. There's a, there's a seat, there's a seat like Jim's teachers going like, where has he gone? He's missed the whole term. Completely <laughs> <laughs> unacceptable. Bueller? Bueller? Yeah. Like, head teacher's been on the phone. <laughs> so funny he comes back after the summer with a tan and they've been like where have you been Jim he's like you never guess been on <laughs> a pirate experience. ship <laughs> work experience <laughs> you're right <laughs> been shopping for tartan paint on Treasure Island uh. <laughs> oh dear so stupid well I mean I'm I'm trying to work out where we're going next well, it's a good time to play, mm. is it not? Our favourite game on this podcast. Guess what the next chapter's called? So it's chapter 30, Matt. so I'm first. Yeah. Now, because they have the map and he's unified the group again, mm-hmm. I'm really hoping this novel gets back on track and it's the hunt for the treasure. Because they've got well, the maps now. There's no excuses for them yeah. not to look for the flipping treasure. <laughs> it's an optimistic uh, suggestion. I hope it's true. Uh, David? I too think it will be around that. Whether the word treasure is involved, because he's not really normally in that. Um, but then the black spot was quite demonstrative, wasn't it? It was. I'm going to, uh, uh, let's say it refers to the map. Let's call it, let's say the treasure map. And it's around the theme of the map and they're working out. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, for your um, your guesses this week. Um, I'm sad to say, not only are you both wrong, but it seems like we're no nearer to that big hunt that you're looking for. Matt, because chapter 30, Triple X, is entitled On Parole. On parole, <laughs> on parole is what it's called. What? Well, like, right. Yeah. For I what? Know. I don't know. 
But like, is it normally you're on parole if you've been imprisoned? Like, yeah, and then they're like, oh, for good behaviour, we'll let you out into well, society again. They've said that Jim is a hostage, so maybe they'll let him out on parole from hostaging. So what you think they're like? They mean that he's not being he he's being escorted around and being checked in on. Is that what this is meaning? Yeah, he's allowed to go for a one walk around the garden. Yeah, it's like house arrest. I'm so upset. I'm so upset. Well, Treasure Island. Treasure Treasure Island. It's what this five chapters after this. Yeah, I know. It's supposed to be Treasure Island. Thirty of thirty-six or something, and we've got nothing. There's been an island, but there's been no treasure. No, it's 34. We've only got four, five chapters left. Oh, great. It's just going to be like Tolkien, isn't it? Where it's going to be like all building up to this big battle that ends up being over in like six pages. Uh, yeah. <sighs> I mean, yay. This book's amazing. Yay. Thank you for sticking with us, listeners. <laughs> Please come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you've got any thoughts or opinions on this chapter and how you would get rid of John Silver from your Buccaneer group, you can email us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or if you would like to photocopy a, a treasure map or a map that you like, and then you can share the image of that. Maybe you have to scan it, actually, because a photocopy is sure. not much use on the 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 in imaginary physical sphere that is the internet. It's not a really <laughs> tangible thing. So there's no point in photocopying it and just not telling us about it because the whole point is you, yeah, you, you interact. With yeah, us. you can photocopy it, but we're not going to see the photo. Just share a map with us yeah. and put a cross on it. Okay, where where <laughs> do we do that? <laughs> on Twitter and the handle at Pod. You know, good. That was the most rambling outro you've ever done. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> um. Uh, good. Tell tell us of a time when uh, you went more off topic than David just did then on Instagram <laughs> at Lazy Book Club Pod. Uh, I just love that like the main bit of info you're meant to get out is the username <laughs> and it's the yeah. one bit of info you forgot to give. We're also on Patreon where for the very small fee of $3 a month you get an extra episode every month as well as access to the videos. That's patreon.com forward slash Lazy Book Club Pod. Otherwise, we'll see you next week for Chapter 30 on Parole. Hopefully, it's a little bit more exciting than it sounds. We'll see you then. Bye. All right. No band out.